Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation. Basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Hello, and thanks for joining the Cats by 90 podcast brought to you by SB Nation's A Sea of Blue. Big Blue Drew here, joined by Aaron Gershon. Got the crew back together for the first time in a, in a little while here. We've had some guests on, some illnesses. So hopefully you are feeling better, Aaron. You sound better. <laughs> yeah, finally back to 100%. It's been a while, I feel like, since I felt that way. But we're finally back, and it's good to be back. And obviously back at work last night with the UK game. So good stuff. Yeah, it was good to see you. Um, good performance by Kentucky, which we'll recap for sure. Um, but first, we'll hit an In My Feelings segment. I will go first. Um, some stuff that uh, made me feel good this week. Um, I've been doing more stuff with ESPN Louisville here in, um, in Louisville, ESPN 680. So that's been fun, adding a little bit more stability to what I'm doing. So definitely check out the post-game shows. We come on right after the game. Um, usually I'm at Rupp Arena getting the sound back um, for Calipari. Immediately um, during his press conference, we'll get that on there. So that's been fun. I'm enjoying that. Um, something that pissed me off, man. I was really having to think this week, which is great. It's been a pretty good week, but I'll just <laughs> say, um, we're usually, yeah, we're usually pretty weather centric here on the Cats by Ninety podcast. So it it has been <laughs> brutally cold. So I'll say the cold has been kind of a bit of an annoyance um, this week, but nothing major for me. Yeah, I'm with you, especially you know being on a walking campus and all that. The cold sucks. So I'm with you there. But uh, good wise, um, really happy. There's a lot sports fan my sports fandom obviously Derek Jeter being a Hall of Famer uh the Unmanos thing doesn't mean as much to me he's in whatever and then obviously Eli Manning um retiring today was my favorite athlete of all time uh really happy that he's going out on his own terms not playing for another team so all that while upsetting also made me happy to know like never gonna have to see him in another uniform which is something I'd dread um piss off wise um real quick, like I brought real quick up, uh, before yeah. you I was going to ask you, um, if we haven't found out yet, will we ever find out who the Jeter non-voter was? Oh, man. I, it's up to that voter because I think they have they, – it's their decision whether or not they want to make that public, and they need to do that within 14 days. So if he doesn't within two weeks, the world will never know. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it just it, – it doesn't make much sense, but you know what? It It's – one vote. Oh, well, I mean, I guess I look at it as if Willie Mays and those type of guys never got in unanimously, I guess Jeter shouldn't either, but whatever. But uh, negative note, it's got to be all this Houston Ashco stuff that's come out the last, I don't know, now seven days, I guess we're at now with all the fire. It's just, it, I mean, I'm a big baseball guy and um, it sucks for the sport. Uh, it's a bad look. Um, hopefully that this, all this punishment will be, the end of it for good but really bad look for baseball really dark time so that'd be my negative i'm the typical fan aaron where you know nothing would have really engaged me around the scandal like i knew what was going on i wasn't following it all that closely i was kind of like whatever but then when these videos came out i actually mm-hmm. saw one that you retweeted first 
once the video started coming out, that's when I was just floored and like couldn't get enough of this coverage and looking up and being like all this evidence mounting up visual mm -hmm. on video evidence really just captivated, you know, my imagination, I guess, with the whole thing. And I'm blown away now. Yeah, it's I mean, it's almost as if they didn't try to hide it. It's so blatantly obvious. I can't believe that it took this long to be unwrapped. And obviously there were a little bit of rumblings here and there, but never to the extent. And you got, you know, what? it's also that John boy guy who is the kind of he was a podcaster and blogger and he went in and did hours and hours of um, uncovering this stuff, really put the audio pumping it all the way up and figuring it all out. And he's turned himself into God knows how much money he's making and his following. I think he's at, uh, let's see, 210,000 followers on Twitter. And I think he's gotten praise for major league baseball. So <laughs> that guy's making a living off the scandal, but it, it, to uncover it the way he did. And it almost makes everyone feel duped that it hasn't been figured out yet. And especially for, Teams like the Dodgers who played them in the World Series and then my Yankees who have faced them twice in the ALCS the last two years, it, it sucks. I've played enough baseball in my life. It's probably my best sport, actually, to know that the just unbelievable advantage you have, especially at the big league level, just knowing if a pitch is going to be off mm -hmm. speed or, you know, guys, anybody in the majors can just jack a 500-foot home run if they know a fastball is coming. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. that was just insane, insane to me, insane. And I hope that the players get punished too and all that, and they clean that up because, again, me as the kind of the average follower of that, once I really saw the technology that was involved, it was something else. But speaking of unbelievable, what about this college basketball brawl last night? Kansas and Kansas State. I mean, we're not talking a little NASCAR fight. I mean, that was a, a bona fide brawl. Yeah, I mean, the D'Souza kid looked like Miles Garrett just with a chair instead of a helmet. But in all seriousness, uh, it, yeah, it was just nasty and um, uncalled for, all those things. I mean, yeah, you're going to have people entertained by it, and I get that aspect of it, but it's a, it's just not a good look for a Kansas program that has uh, – I mean, first of all, just last night alone, that game was – what, they win by 21, so that game was way decided. There's no need for that. And then, you know, <laughs> they obviously haven't had the best looks lately. They kind of give the big middle finger to the NCAA during their version of – I forget what they call I think it's Midnight Madness. I don't know what they call it out there, but – their version of Big big Blue Madness for their pep rally and they're shooting off. They have strippers and they're shooting off money cannons. They got Snoop Dogg there. Um, and then obviously Bill Self is not, has kind of almost made a joke of possibly paying players and all this stuff with Adidas. So just, just another bad look for that program. And uh, just not, I mean, there's no other way to put it. And obviously the Kansas State players involved got to be held accountable too, but Kansas seemed to be the ones instigating it, and the D'Souza kid, I mean, 12-game suspension, I think. You know, I think if you were a professional athlete, you'd probably see more of the Miles Garrett treatment. I'm not saying what he did is obviously right, but the 12 games to me for a college kid who, yeah, is still learning a little younger, I think it's a fair punishment, and it's going to hurt them. And Kansas, obviously, that really hurts them because they're probably a number one seed right now, and now they lose one of their best players for 12 games. That could be it. So my take on the situation, Aaron, first off, so I'm sitting up in press row. I think you had just left. We were sitting next to each other. You had just left last night. We were watching Kentucky, yeah. Georgia in the final minutes. And I'm sitting next to Travis Graff from Cats Illustrated. And he just nudges me and, like, you know, throws his phone in my face. And I see this <laughs> video. And I'm like, 
blown away. Is this now? I kept saying, is this right now? I thought maybe I was watching old footage or something. So I immediately look over to tell you, and you weren't there. So I grabbed Dick Gabriel. I'm like, have you seen this? And he, he had just got done watching it. And we were all just floored. Because oh, yeah. my biggest thing on it, Aaron, is like, it happened, which is crazy. But to me, the craziest part about it was that it involved a blue blood. Like, you just don't see that type <laughs> of stuff with blue blood programs. Or usually, you know, there's enough staffers and eyes to where they kind of have the know to not do that kind of stuff. So it, for it to involve a blue blood school, to me, took it even to the next level. Well, here we have a statement. Literally five seconds ago, Kansas basketball put out a statement <laughs> from Bill. This is Bill Self saying, Chancellor, God, I can't pronounce that name, Jeff Long and I fully support the decision by the Big 12 Conference and appreciate their commitment to working through the situation with us. Like I said last night, I am disappointed and embarrassed by what transpired because there's no place for that type of behavior in any competition. After meeting with my team and discussing the incident in detail, it is evident that everyone fully understands the magnitude of their actions and all are remorseful for what occurred. We represent the University of Kansas, and we will all learn from this experience moving further. So it sounds kind of just like a general statement, nothing I mean, they said all the right things, but who knows if he's <laughs> knowing Bill Self? Who knows if he's the one that wrote that? Yeah, I'm sure someone in PR wrote it. I did like the message that Bill Self delivered earlier I today mm -hmm. when he said something on the lines of, you know, that's not toughness. That's, I think he said, like lack of discipline and selfishness, something along those lines. So sure. I thought that was a good way to put it because, especially with college kids and just society in general, you know, we equate so much of toughness to fighting and, you know, who's tougher. And then this is, might be my craziest take on the whole situation at all, Aaron. But so, you know, I'm right where that normally happens. Like when you're taking pictures down there, I mean, that's right yes. where it happens. And God's, God's honest truth. I say this all the time, even before that happened. I'm surprised stuff like that doesn't happen more often with just yeah, uh, I think you've emotions mentioned that are yeah. running on the court. Yeah. And there's, you know, the, the trash talk you don't realize. And anybody that's played enough basketball, pickup or whatever, knows for some reason this sport more than all kind of brings out that uh mm -hmm. that toughness in people uh, i guess that was the opposite of what i was just saying about bill self but people wanting to prove they're tough and kind of things getting out of hand far more often than they should but again to me it just goes back to the blue blood aspect of like they're supposed to kind of make sure they stay away from that because you know kansas is playing for something big every year so mm -hmm. it just continues to rain negativity in lawrence yeah, especially, I mean, they're playing for something big every year, and they didn't, obviously, last year for their standards being, you know, I think they got jumped in the round of 32. That's a total and utter failure. And now this year, they're in position to be a one seed again, and with the nationwide open, they could be a national championship team, and they have that happen. And obviously, like we were talking about, all the stuff in the preseason, so just a bad look um, all the way around. And I'll have to say this, though, with the Big 12 challenge this weekend, it would have been a lot more intriguing if uh, UK was heading to Allen Fieldhouse instead of uh, Lubbock, which will be a great game. We'll get into that, I'm sure. But <laughs> that would have had a little bit of extra intrigue for sure. And instead, it'll be the Vols, who UK fans got to root for, get the SEC some wins. Um, will be Has game day announced? Has game day announced they're they're still going to go to Lawrence? I can't if they don't pull the plug yeah, on that. That's kind of ridiculous. I think that they definitely that's a great, should pull the plug. That's a great question. I'm uh, let's see right now. I'll look it up. But yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's UK and Texas Tech's a fifteen eighteen game in the game. Uh, as of now, there's no changes. It seems like so for now, it's in Kansas. So, I mean, yeah, 
<laughs> you're right. There's really no reason for them to be going there. I guess you don't want to take it away from the fans. It's not their fault is the only uh, devil's advocacy I could give on that. But, uh, yeah, they are still going there as of now. And it's not, you know, also, it's just not that intriguing. Matt. I mean, even with the Sousa out, you would think not what UK wants, but I know Tennessee has their big guy eligible now, but Kansas is by far the better team. It should blow them out of the water, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. I know Kentucky's going to Lubbock. I had that one circled on my calendar, but yes. I just decided it's just it's just the middle of freaking nowhere. It's, but it, it's let's like, recap a little, yeah. Aaron. It's like going to the middle um, of uh, Nebraska. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> absolutely nothing. Hard to fly into there. Just a, a miserable destination. But yes. let's kind of go, uh, go backwards and we'll work our way forwards a little bit. I think so. Last week um, we had Bradley McKee on the Cats by Ninety podcast, um, and we discussed you know just basketball and stuff a little bit. But since then, so Kentucky obviously took a really tough buzzer-beating loss in Columbia at South Carolina. The world was ending, if you ask the Big Blue Nation. Trust me, one thing I'm learning about hosting these post-game shows on ESPN 680 is that our fans are absolutely insane. Because as you can imagine, (laughs) then, same people for the most part. Then Saturday, after Kentucky gets a really, really good win in Arkansas, then it's just, oh, you know, we're Final Four bound. So, uh, it can be difficult um, after, right after the game. It's but entertaining, what was though, your take, Yeah, it is. Um, what what was your week? take on South Carolina? South Carolina South, first, because I haven't Carolina. had a chance yeah, to talk yeah. to you. I mean, right. Um, yeah, that game sucked. I mean, there's not many ways around it. I mean, you have a 15 point lead, was it? Um, they looked. I thought the first half, UK played a really good game. Uh, Hagen's was playing well, which I thought was killed them in the second half as he just wasn't himself and this team goes through him I think we've learned that at this point and Cal's been saying that from day one uh he's their guy um if he's the point guard he's the ca- he's really the captain on the court he's everything to them and if he's off uh the team's going to struggle in that game he just turned the ball over too many times and South Carolina I mean I know they're not having the greatest year uh they were in the final four a couple of years ago they have a great coach in Frank Mark- Martin that I think both of us have a lot of respect for um but it's a SEC road game. You know, I was obviously at South Carolina early this year for football, and I know their fan base is maybe not as loud at the basketball games, but, you know, UK's in town, so stand, sandstorm's pumping. They got that stupid rooster playing, and, and you're going to lose if you don't have your A game on the road in, in the SEC. That's just simple as that, especially when you're UK and you have a target on your chest. So you got to give South Carolina credit. They took advantage um, of poor point guard play and just, sloppy you know i thought the foul obviously there were some questionable calls in that game uh the maxi hanging on the rim obviously i didn't think that should have been technical but can't blame that game on the referees you made too many mistakes too many uh as cal and coach barbie were saying earlier this week just you're playing defense you're not playing defense the way that you're supposed to because you're making it a decision for the refs to call a foul or not. And if you're make, giving them a decision, it's a 50-50 shot. So you got to make sure you're not even giving them that option to call a foul. And they didn't do that. And South Carolina took advantage. I forget the one kid's name already. Uh, by the way, speaking of South Carolina, they're about to lose to Auburn. So not good for UK unless they could start beat Auburn when they play in a couple Auburn weeks. Again. Yes. Yes, they did. That's true. So, UK will definitely need to take advantage of them. But, uh, yeah, Jermaine Coast, uh, what was his name? Consard? Coastard or something. Oh, my gosh. He came out yeah. of nowhere and was just 
and that's the type of thing that happens to UK where some guy just becomes like Bubba Farm becomes a legend. So uh, tough, tough game. But I thought obviously they responded as well as anyone could respond to that. I tend to not really ever talk about officiating unless there's just like an egregious call that really had an impact on the game. Because I'm with you and KP and the fact that you're doing something to make them call the fouls. But that game yeah. was just brutally officiated from, from a couple aspects. <laughs> the beginning of the game, there was like no fouls called. The first like five to right. six minutes of the game, I think there was one or two fouls called. And it was really Same fun with the basketball. Game. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then they just started – I mean, it was just – I think over 50 fouls in the second half, and they're just trying to even was, the fouls yeah. up. It, it was brutal. It really was. And, and, yeah. and my last thing on this, and we'll move on to the Arkansas game, was banked in threes are just such weak sauce, man. <laughs> like, I hate it every time. Like, it's just luck. Yeah. And, like, yeah, the guy made a play or whatever, but if you give him that shot over Nick Richards 20 times, he's probably making it two. Yeah. And the banked in aspect – and. That's another loss for Kentucky, a horrible, bad quadrant loss. Mm. But, man, it's just – if you look back at every loss yeah. they have, it, there's They're just a good. couple bounces of the ball. And yeah, they could have won, though. Like, yeah, they have three bad losses. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Ohio State one, I, I think, at the time was definitely respectable. But it's just amazing yeah. to me, I guess, at this stage because it, it's so easy to forget when it's just a, an L in the column. But there are a few ball bounces away from definitely beating Evansville, hanging in there with Utah, I think, quickly missed a three – to tie that game and then obviously against South Carolina they were I think up 13 the second half so yeah, you know they're right there every game and, and and my thing continues to be that this team shows up for the big games though like Saturday on ESPN <laughs> really a game they needed to win crazy hostile crowd probably the most hostile crowd yeah. they'll get the Cats showed up again so they continue to show up under the bright lights which is the most intriguing and you know sign of good news if you ask me yeah, and one last thing on South Carolina. You're not going to win any games if you give up 56 points and a half like UK did. So they deserve to lose that game. But anyway, uh, yeah. 20 yeah. offensive rebounds, we could have said, too. Yeah. Well, luckily, you know, the Arkansas game, we're getting ready to obviously tell the same story. UK has, what, an 11-point lead in the second half, playing really well. Uh, and then Arkansas goes on a run, steals the lead, and that's when, obviously, all the Calipari stuff happens. Um Obviously, there's been a lot of debate. Was that on purpose or not? Uh, I honestly, my answer is I have no freaking idea, but it worked. Uh, and, uh, you know, that game, they just had contributions from so many different guys. And we'll get into that with the Georgia game, too. But, you know, Juzang comes off the bench and grabs five rebounds and only a couple minutes of playing time. Uh, obviously, Nick and Ashton, they're your two catalysts, and they played great down the stretch. You get a couple big shots. Um, from quick, like you, they always seem to get lately. And, you know, it was a quick, what, 15-2 run, 15-0 at a one point. So uh, really impressive, like you said, a crazy atmosphere. I know both of us planned to be there, and my illness came up, and then we won't get into the Arkansas PR folks because we want to possibly go there in the future. But that's that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. But, um, yeah, so really, really impressive victory. Um a lot of guys, like I said, chipped in. You got Juzang going in that game. And I know EJ didn't show up the, on the um, scoreboard, but he shut down the Arkansas kid, Witt, who had um, Jimmy Witt, who had a couple 30-point games uh, heading into the – I think he had back-to-back 30-point -back games. And I thought UK did a pretty good job um, limiting Isaiah Joe, who killed him last year, if you remember, against – Yeah, he uh, made his first two yeah. threes and then quickly just locked him up, exactly. basically. 
Exactly. And he killed them. And I mean, killed them. By the way, speaking of Arkansas, not good for UK. They're losing by nine to Mississippi State late. Uh, so this SEC is The nuts, SEC man. tournament's going to be fun, though, yeah. man. It's going to be a really good tournament. Oh, man. It's nuts. And it, <laughs> this conference is just a mess. But, uh, yeah, huge win, hostile environment. Uh, a lot of guys chipped in, so a lot to like there. And like you said, showing up for another big game and a tough place to play. And Arkansas, I know they're losing right now, but they're definitely a tournament team, if you ask me, with the talent they got. And a great coach. I really like Musselman, even if he's a little annoying. Absolutely love Cal getting ejected, man. What a mm-hmm. roll of the dice there. If, if that doesn't work out, I can't even imagine the uproar because I'm telling you, I heard them personally. Like the fans were just up in arms after the South Carolina yeah. loss with some of the questionable timeouts, not taking timeouts. So, but it looked great. And I just keep thinking about him, you know, just the joy he must have been having wherever he was watching that game, just knowing like, man, I look like a genius and we're going to walk <laughs> out of here with our chest pumped out. Yeah, he he definitely he's been he was real that you could see it in the journey videos put together by Beisner and company over at UK and uh, obviously his press conference after the Georgia game he he's definitely really proud of the team uh, with that performance I mean it was a player driven win like he said and got to give a ton of credit to first Tony Barbie who's really their I guess you could say defensive coordinator in a sense uh, deciding well Cal's gone DH zone I don't. We switch to it. You keep Hagen's in the game with four fouls. Sestina, you let him defend a little better because we know he's really struggled. Uh, man-to-man defense this year has been tough for him. He's just not as fast as everybody else. But the zone, you know, made him look good. And then obviously a great length with Nick and EJ down low. And it was a great call by uh, Barbie. And then obviously KP yeah, taking, the, taking the charge. I can't believe he's not a head coach elsewhere. Well, I want to talk a little bit about some historic seasons that a couple Wildcat players are having, but let's take a quick break first. All right, and we are back on the Cats by 90 podcast. Big Blue Drew, Aaron Gershon. And Aaron, if I would have told you three months ago that 18 games through the season – Nick Richards is leading the team in points, <laughs> rebounds, blocks, and field goal percentage, and is right now, I think, completely in the thick of the SEC Player of the Year race. Unbelievable. Yeah, I wouldn't give you any of that. Maybe rebounds. Other than that, I'm giving zero, 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 zero. It's re- really remarkable. This is the same guy that couldn't stay, played 44 seconds in Kentucky's elimination game last year because he made a mistake and couldn't be trusted. In 44 seconds. That was it. So it's a remarkable turnaround for a kid who's worked his behind off. He's as nice a kid as you're going to meet. Um, and he's faced a lot of adversity in his life. He's a late late to the game of basketball. Obviously didn't start playing until he was like 14 or so. Um, so it took him some more time than a normal Calipari product or normal UK product for that matter. And he's made the most of it in this year. I mean, God, where are they without him this year? They don't. I don't even know what their record. They're probably like a 500 team without them this year because they've been close to, I mean, just as they've been close to winning every game this year, there's been plenty that they could have lost if they didn't have big performances from Nick. Uh, they're probably just conference play alone. You probably, <laughs> I don't know, do you even win a conference game so far without them? That's how big he's been. And it's been, it's been just so, so good to see and uh, really impressive. And, Definitely in the thick of things for SEC Player of the Year. At least SEC first team as the center 
uh, and definitely, I would think, I don't know if he's an All-American, but he's got to be second or third team right now. When he's on air and when he's playing to his potential, I can't, I mean, there's a very few players that I can even list that impact the game quite like him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just, there's just stretches of the game when domination isn't even the word. I mean, on both ends of the floor, he's either altering shots, blocking shots, and then he's putting his, you know, his elbows, you know, over the rim and just slamming balls home. So I've seen some stats today. Kyle Tucker specifically of The Athletic was pulling some stuff out and, Listen to this, Aaron. Have you heard any of this talk that he's actually having better numbers than Willie Cauley-Stein in his first-team All-American run back in 2015? I did not, and that's nuts. And that's a really good type of nuts. That's <laughs> Obviously, Willie was special that year, and that was year three as well. So maybe maybe they – I mean, that was – I don't know if you remember. We talked to Todd Leitner about comparing those two guys, and it's becoming – like we were onto something there. <laughs> He's balling out, and you know, just the fact that you expect to see that from Nick Richards says it all. And too, Aaron, I've been thinking about how funny it is that this is exactly what Kentucky fans have been begging mm-hmm. for. You know, they're complaining his freshman and sophomore year about, oh, he's supposed to be an All-American. He why can't he stay on the court? He can't catch the ball. He can't, you know, learn the plays, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this is what you asked for—a three-year player that's developed in Cal's system. And boom, it just clicked one day. And now you're going to have a player that has all this experience. I mean, a ridiculous amount of experience. What is that? That's probably one, two, three, four, one, two, three. So he's played in seven NCAA tournament games. Yeah. Tournament games, absolutely. And I th- I, I know Calipari, one thing that, you know, even better for UK here is uh, Calipari's credited a lot of Richard's success of getting, you know, in better shape. A lot of it has been, you know, he's been winded. He hasn't had, uh, you know, the strength he's needed to get through a game really. And a guy who's also had the same struggle as EJ Montgomery and Cal said after the game, which I thought was a really big statement from him. And especially cause he's criticized EJ's um, work ethic as far as being in the gym in the past. And I know for a fact, Kenny Payne has as well, but he said EJ has been in the gym more than anyone lately. And obviously the last two games, especially last night, have been really good for him. So if you have if that's your front court, you have a elite Nick Richards and a better EJ Montgomery, and then you have Nate off the bench as a third big, at, you know, all the worries we had before the season should be put to bed. And anybody that's covered Nick, seen him at all, watched him play, couldn't happen to a better kid. Everyone's well, oh, very, yeah. very happy that that it happened to Nick because, like you said, he's definitely overcame adversity and yeah. done it with grace and came back every year. So props to him. Yeah. You know what? Also give a ton of credit to Leah Edmond. She's straightened that kid out. <laughs> and that Dick Gabriel says all the time, you got to give her a ton of credit. She's a world-class athlete in her own uh, sport in volleyball. She's going to be pro, Olympics, you name it. And she they could relate on that note. And I bet you she's taught him a whole lot and it's working. Yeah, they, obviously they pushed each other to be great. But, Aaron, mm-hmm. there's another Wildcat that's um, on his way to historic season two, and that's Mr. Ashton Hagens, who yeah. just today was named to the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year candidate list um, through 18 games about halfway through the season now. But his assist numbers are unbelievable. I mean, so oh now they're God. doing the same thing with um, Willie Cauley-Stein that they're doing with Tyler Ulis in comparison to Ashton Hagens. And some of the numbers just jump off the page at you. I think he's eighth in the nation in assists and number one in the SEC, like seven and a half or something. So he is balling out. Absolutely. And I think uh, for him, 
the thing that really killed him last year is he made a lot of bad passes, which turned into a lot of turnovers. And he wasn't great at finishing at the rim. And I think his rim uh, finishing wise still needs to improve. He's I think he's left even more points out there, which is good because he's scoring a lot already. So that's a good sign. I think his shot, like his jump shot and his three ball have gotten a lot better, but he's still got to finish at the rim. But the passing has been, like you said, as good as anybody in the country. He's a pesty defender who's, I mean, you always got to look out for and teams that know is coming for the ball at all times. And he's a playmaker is what he is. And he's been exactly what Kentucky's needed at the point guard position for, you know, sophomore year. And if they can get him finishing at the rim a little more, I, I think I agree with Cal. He's the best point guard in the nation. I'm convinced this team is just so much better off when he turns that corner or is consistently trying to score. When he's really trying to be assertive and go look for his shot first on offense, and that's crazy because the thing he's excelling at is his assists. But I'm cool with him not finishing some shots at the rim, maybe missing a few jump shots, because I think that's what's opening things up. When him, Maxi, and and Quickly, they're running that dribble drive, and, man, that's three players that are catching the ball, and they're trying to turn that corner lightning speed and get a shot up. As opposed, I think, last year you could say quickly, for example, he was kind of a pound at once, kick it back out. That's all Khalil Whitney was able to do early in the season when he was getting minutes. So having those three guards led by Aston Hagens, it's just a tough to match up with. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really think anybody can do it. And we laughed last night, too, Aaron. Everyone was watching the game. And um, after Hagens made that first shot, it was like right by us in the press box. And, man, he turned around, and he was John at the Georgia bench. Like, it wasn't <laughs> subtle at all. I'll just put it that way. So he, he's he another person in Georgia. He shows up, I think, for the big games, too. I think he wants the moment. I think he's pissed with how it ended last year. So yeah. pretty good company, man. We're sitting here talking about our big guy potentially being SEC player of the year and just kind of unstoppable, and the point guard's in the midst of a historic season. So – Dare I say it, but like normal, it seems like the stars could align for this team over the next four weeks, you know, rounding into the SEC tournament and mm-hmm. the thick of conference play. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And the question really, I think, is I I think what's the good about this year is that, I mean, UK, I think, is good enough no matter what. But the, the country, I just can't get over the fact we kind of knew it was coming before the year, but the country as a whole is just so down this year. I think in my book right now, Baylor looks like the most dominant team, but obviously they're not perfect. There's just no team that jumps out to you and is like, oh, God, I don't want to play them. So I think that really works nicely. But at the same time, you want to improve your seating in the tournament. And I think Kentucky at this point, I was reading Jerry Palm, and he said there's very little. Right now he has them as a five seed, as does Lenardi, and they both agree that there's not much wiggle room there, even if they were to win out right now. So they need to get some help from the SEC because um, you want to be higher than a five if you can. Obviously, they were a five a few years ago. The Stars did align, and they blew it uh, at the free throw line against Kansas State. But you, you definitely want to get some help from your conference and take care. First of all, UK has got to take care of the games um, that they should, like the South Carolina game. Uh, that can't happen again against a lesser opponent, even in the SEC. And if they can get a win this this Saturday, this game this Saturday has got to be the biggest game left in their regular season schedule outside of the two with Auburn, no doubt. Because Texas Tech has beaten what do you think Louisville. Uh, obviously, they were in the Final Four last year. So good team, really good team. What do, what do you think happens in Lubbock, Aaron? It's going to be a crazy crowd. Yeah. Kentucky's coming to town. I don't know that they've ever been to Lubbock. I don't know that they're ever going back. I don't, so I don't that know game, if they've I think even six o'clock. <laughs> 
Yeah, six. It's going to be, you know, a prime time game. Another big game, SEC Big 12 Challenge. They'll be pounding us with ads for that over the next couple of days. So what do you think happens? Is it going to be another yeah. low letdown game? Or do they come out swinging and, and take care of business and get, you know, one of the last remaining good wins? You know, Tech's a really interesting team, like I was saying. I mean, obviously a Final Four team last year. Uh, they've lost most of those guys. But if you look at the teams they've beat, they beat Louisville, which is huge, um, helps UK. But then they just lost to TCU by uh, 11 last night. They have a five-point loss to Baylor and in a 12-point loss to a really, really good West Virginia team. So um, they're not a world beater like they were during the tournament last year, but they're still – that would be a quality win in a hostile atmosphere. Uh, I think, like we've both been saying, UK has been showing up for these type of games, and I see that continuing. Uh, obviously, UK does really, really well, it seems like, in this Big 12 SEC Challenge, at least the last two years. He had that crazy comeback at Morgantown, and they dominated really from the start against Kansas last year. So I like their chances. I think they come away with a win, uh, and hopefully the SEC can do their part. This is the time where... Even if you hate Tennessee, you hate Auburn, whoever the hell you hate in the SEC, you're rooting for every single one of them because you need the help, especially this year. I personally think they're going to show out on Saturday. I don't I don't know that Texas Tech wants to run with Kentucky. The three guards are playing with a lot of confidence. So I think the Cats are going to come out and look good on Saturday. I, I haven't seen a spread for that game. I would assume it's going to be Texas yeah. Tech by like a couple points like, like the Arkansas game was. But another big one, you know, it'll be a true road game. Out of conference, mm-hmm. the last out of conference game, so it'll be a big one for the well, Cats. And a note with Tech that helps UK too is obviously Kentucky's done really well against smaller teams this year. Uh, their they don't their highest score as a forward has averaging eight point seven a game is fifth on the team. His height is only six eight, so they really don't have many bigs. Uh, they're really a smaller they're a guard team similar to UK, and you got to like UK's matchup against any guard combination in the country. So. I think UK matches up really well. It'll be a hostile atmosphere, but I definitely see a win. Uh, let me get you the spread real quick before we wrap up here. But, yeah, I, I, I think that it's UK's game to lose even out there. So matchup predictor likes Texas Tech with 70% chance to win. I think that's a little disrespectful, but I'll get mm, you a spread. Interesting. Uh, I think that's something Cal Well, I'm glad you tell me that about the height stuff because one thing we didn't touch on, I don't want to get too much into it, hit a few tidbits and we'll wrap up, but uh, Keon Brooks, the emergence of Keon Brooks is oh. really making this team different. So I like, I like what you told me about uh, the height differential. Maybe it would be another good confidence boost game for him. Um, I talked to him a little bit in the post game yesterday, and you could just tell that it was kind yeah. of a little bit of a weight off his shoulders now that he's able to put a few games together and kind of show what he can do. Absolutely. He's been – I think he's been pretty good all year. I know he's had his struggles, but lately he's been exactly what UK was expecting. And then Johnny Juzang kind of out of nowhere getting healthy again and playing really, really well. His shot is still coming along. It's been better lately, but the big thing is he's getting to the boards and rebounding and – He's kind of making up for what UK is not getting from Cleo Whitney, which I still think they need to get him going if they want to win a national title. But for now, they're in a really good spot with Juzang and Brooks improving and Montgomery too. Yeah, that's you know that's what we've been talking about. They need to add those extra guys. So I've trademarked the core four now of Maxi Hagens, Quickly, and Nick Richards. That's the core oh, four, yeah. and they just need a. One and a half to two players. It doesn't matter who it is each night to step up. And these guys are going to be really tough to beat. But let's knock out some quick tidbits, Aaron, and we can wrap it up. It's hump day. I'm tired. I'm trying to get through these next two work days. 
But one being that um, I just wrote a post real quick on the McDonald's All-American selections actually come out tomorrow, which I didn't realize on ESPN. It's going to be on the jump. Um, but I read a hoop scene article by Justin Young, who's kind of very Evan Daniels. She has a lot of clout mm-hmm. in the recruiting game. And obviously we know Brandon Boston and Terrence Clark are absolute locks to be McDonald's sure. All-Americans. In the last ESPN ranking, um, Boston moved up to six. Clark is at eight, so they're both top ten guys. So so they'll be there. He has Devin Askew making the team, which by all indications, that looks like it'll happen. But he's kind of teetering there right at that 25, 20, you know, top 25 player. They do select 24 players. Um, so Kentucky probably have three guys. And then don't forget, you know, they're looking at Cliff Amore and Greg Brown as potential oh, ads. They'll how both about be that Greg team, Brown? So. If they get Greg Brown, man, I mean, that kid is – he, I was watching his tape. He's probably the most impressive college prospect I've seen outside of Zion. Zion's by oh, far wow. the most impressive. Athletically, athletically, that I was kid telling is- Travis Graff yesterday. I'll go ahead. I was telling Travis Graff that you know you can say what you want. I'm sure he's, he needs to polish up his game and stuff. But when you're that big, that young, and you're doing in game between the leg dunks right. and all these, I mean that that speaks to your ability. Um, and go, you know, just going hard and having that kind of mindset of a basketball player that has the potential to be elite. So and he's I really kid. want Greg Brown. Those kids get competition down Greg's there. And we've seen a lot of them come here. Like, De- I mean, De'Aaron Fox, uh, P.J. Washington. So far, Tyrese Maxey's passed the test. So a lot of success from Texas. I really, that'd be a huge get. I know he's an Austin kid, so UT is going to be the school to beat. But maybe that pounding they took from West Virginia help you get. <laughs> yeah, that's the last, you know, little bit of recruiting update on him is the fact that Shaka Smart's days are looking numbered in Texas mm-hmm. with the shellackings they've been taking, letting walk-ons get carried off the floor and stuff. So that has to bode well for Kentucky. If, you know, he was considered to be a Longhorn lean, I seriously doubt he would still go there with a, you know, a coaching search or not knowing who the coach will be or anybody but Shaka Smart. So It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, one last tidbit, though, Aaron, that kind of just came out a few hours ago. Uh, big football news yeah. today. I don't know a guy you're really high, but uh, Phil Hoskins getting his six-year eligibility granted. So Huge. the trenches get even tougher, man. Like, I cannot believe the amount of talent that Kentucky's um, going to have on both sides of the ball next year. Yeah, you know, they're losing Calvin Taylor and TJ Carter, so they're probably going to have to count on a young guy or two next to Bohanna. So huge addition. allows you to – keep redshirting those freshmen like it's still amazing to me he was able to redshirt all 19 of those guys last year with Weaver and Casey those two are going to be in the mix at the outside defensive end slash outside linebacker spot too but man that defense on paper with the secondary uh having the year they had plus you get Joseph in there this year the LSU transfer and you know offensively I know you lose Lynn that's obviously you can't replace that but you're going to have Terry or Sawyer back healthy. Joey Gatewood, I'm sure, is going to fight for instant eligibility. Will he get it? Who knows? But all the playmakers are back at running back. Receiver, you lose Wagner. Everyone else is back, and the offensive line is the entire same except for Stenberg. So really, really good. Really good. And it's shaping to be a special year for football, for sure. And like I said, I've been telling you, SEC championship game, same day as the London game for the Cats. So it could have a little... uh media frenzy who goes where but i'll be in atlanta if they're there <laughs> it'd be amazing i know those that scheduling conflict could be an all-timer let's hope it happens yeah, football, we gotta huge. hope that's an issue 
That'd be a good issue to have. Yeah, that, you're right. You're absolutely right. We're actually scouting our London stuff. My wife tried to pull the oh, trigger yeah. this week. She wants to buy our London tickets. So I'm anticipating I'll be at basketball. But one last thing on the football stuff is there was clearly some big recruits in last night. Vince mm-hmm. Merrill took a picture of them. A lot of local recruits. They did the football stuff during uh, breaks. You know, Cash Daniel brought out the trophy and stuff. So football is just in an upswing like we've oh, never seen God, before. Yeah. And um, I was happy to see football in just because it's such a grind week after week with multiple sports covered. But now I just cannot wait till it gets warmer outside. I'm excited for the spring game because this team is going to be something special. I mean, it definitely has a different, I think, obviously around here, we kind of, we're insiders to them. So we know what's going on and they're still being doubted nationally. But I mean, this team on paper is, I mean, you look at also what George is losing. Obviously Jake Fromm, three-year starting quarterback gone. The offensive lineman transfers to Tennessee. They lost, I think, their entire offensive line, but their center are gone. So, obviously, that's a school that reloads, but they're going to be young. And then, you know, UK's been (laughs) – we've been saying it. They've outplayed Florida three years in a row. One win to show for it, but they've outplayed them three years in a row. So, and then outside of that, you know, Tennessee, UK's got to get over this Tennessee thing if they want to win the East. But outside of that, they've kind of – I think they've hurdled South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, and the rest of the East. So they just gotta they gotta beat Tennessee and gotta take one or one of out of two from Florida and Georgia, and you have a real shot. The East is open. Is I open. can dig it. But all right, Aaron. Well, I guess we'll. Uh, I won't see you this weekend. I'm not going to love another it. road game. Sure. So yep. We will. Uh, we will catch up soon, and I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, Cats Vanderbilt next Wednesday, I believe. That's the next time we have. So, yeah, the weird six thirty or so. I might be late, but I will see you All there. All right. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by Ninety on Twitter at Cats by Ninety. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at a Gershon ninety nine and at Big Blue Drew thirty three. And remember, no matter the opponent. It's always Cats by 90.